Chapter thirty one of As We Forgive Them by William Lequeux. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter thirty one. Conclusion. Mabel and I are now man and wife, and surely no couple in London are as perfectly happy as we are. To us, after the storms and stress of life, has come a calm and blissful peace. The faithful Ford is back as my secretary, while we frequently chafe Reggie, who has sold his lace business, about his profound admiration of Dolly Dawson, who, even though the daughter of an adventurer is, I am compelled to admit, a modest and most charming girl, who would, I feel sure, make my old chum an excellent life partner. Indeed, the other day he inquired in strict confidence of Mrs. Percival, who has apartments with us at Mayville, whether she thought Mabel would take it ill were he to propose. Therefore his ideas are evidently now running in the direction of matrimony. Old Hales still lives at the crossway at Alston, and recently came with his wife to London to visit us. As regards the cardinal's secret, no word of it has ever leaked out to the public, it being far too carefully guarded by us. Over the entrance to that great storehouse of wealth the grave black-bearded monk in the frayed habit Fra Antonio, the friend of the poor of Luca, still lives, dividing his lonely life between solitary meditation and attending to the wants of the destitute in that crowded city away down the green valley. The Church of Rome has a long memory. For years, it seems, active steps have been in progress to search and recover the great treasure given by Pius IX to his favorite, Sanini. The presence in London of the well-known cleric Monsignor Galli of Rimini and his clandestine interview with Dolly was, according to her own avowal, in order to ascertain some facts regarding her father's recent movements, it being known that he had a few months before sold to a dealer in Paris the historic jewel crucifix worn by Clement VIII, which was placed in the Vatican treasury after his death in 1605. Many men in the city are aware of the great fortune that has come to me, and you yourself are perhaps acquainted with the white exterior of one house in Grosvenor Square, yet none assuredly know the strange facts which I have here for the first time put on record. A month ago I was seated in that silent little cell which so cunningly conceals the vast wealth of which I am now possessor, and which has placed me among the millionaires of England and in relating to him in detail Mabel's tragic story of how cruelly she was victimized, I was expressing my mind freely upon the dastardly action of that man who had been engulfed in the subterranean flood, when the kindly monk with the furrowed face raised his hand and pointing to the great crucifix upon the wall, said in that calm voice of his, No, no, Signor Greenwood, hatred and malice should not rankle in the heart of the honest man. Please let us remember those divine words. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. As we forgive them. Therefore let us forgive the one-eyed Englishman. This is the end of As We Forgive Them by William Lequeux. Recording by Tom Weiss. Tom's Audiobooks.com.